for Geek Gamer Weekly. Center of the most calculating intelligence on Earth. The Uber Podcast, just for geeks and gamers. We have news for the beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our view. With your hosts, Joseph Falby. Men wanted to be like him. Women wanted to be with him. John Kessler. He will be talked about in the same way that Rockefeller and Carnegie and, and Ford are talked about. And Chase Nunes. For your information, butthead, he's headed for the video championships in Los Angeles. Now, live from Earth. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened then? When? Just now. It's Geek Gamer Weekly. This is Geek Gamer Weekly, episode number 181, recorded on Sunday, October 30th, 2011. Thoughtless in Seattle. GGW is brought to you by the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. For more information, visit techpodcasts.tv. And by Minecraft Me, the new show that is all about the hot game Minecraft. For more information, visit geekgamer.tv slash minecraftme. And by Wirecast. Plug in your cameras, prepare your shots, and broadcast live with this powerful software package. For more information about Wirecast, visit telestream.net and click on the Wirecast page. Hey everybody, welcome again to another edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. This is the Uber podcast for geeks and gamers, where we bring you our slant and our curve on the week's news of geeking and gaming topics, and boy, was it a week. We have a lot to go over, so let's get right to it. First off, here in the studio this week, a man who needs no introduction, but he will get one anyway. Mr. John Kessler, our president of chat operations. What's up, John? Just chatting it up. How is the chat room this evening? The chat room is ducky. Really? And how are you? Just ducky. <laughs> They're ducky. You're just... Can you give me a chart of the ducky scale? I would love it. I mean, it's like ducky? Just ducky. Not so ducky. <laughs> is there a and, scale? Uh, yeah, then you get down and you've been plucked over. That's right. You're like way over ducky. Yes. Very cool, man. Very cool. And you can follow you on Twitter, at VW Kenny. Can we sh- I? We, sh- we, ch- we should change it to Just Ducky. Just Ducky. I wonder if that's available. <laughs> should, should check that. It's probably a porn page. <laughs> <laughs> also here in the studio, uh, Mr. John Carlo Lindsay, our, Hello. Si- our simulation bureau chief. Yes. Yes. He wanted to be known as the rookie, but no, he's not. He's been you let us know. You give us the feedback on whether you like the rookie or <laughs> the rookie sounds like the movie with the, the, the little little eager throwing the ball around. John the rookie Carlo, and also with us, Mr. Joseph Falby, our Oregon Bureau of Technology and Gaming Research President. Mr. Joe, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, how's it going? I'm much, man. Keeping. We got the high definition issues fixed, and we have yep. them here. It's all Microsoft's fault. Yes. And speaking of Mr. Microsoft, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Paul Thorat was supposed to be here this week, and unfortunately, uh, he's nowhere to be found on the internet. So hopefully, everything is okay in Paul's world. He probably just forgot about us. We're where, just, we're where just does, some small little podcast. Where does he live? In Denham, Massachusetts. Oh, he's hit by a winter storm. He's got no power. He, he tweeted two hours ago. So he's, well, he's that's around. his phone, but maybe not his internet. Well, maybe. Maybe he's down. Maybe yeah. he's down for the count. Could be. He could be. Could be. He could be. Well, hopefully we'll get him back uh, to talk about 
uh, Battlefield through uh, Battlefield Three and other uh, great geeking topics. But we will perverse and go on without him. Perverse, perverse. I mean, <laughs> we will perverse. We will persevere. Persevere, perverse. Why did I say perverse? <laughs> John is perverse. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we have some geek stories for you to talk about this week. Oh, yeah, I didn't introduce myself. I'm Chase Nunes. Yeah, there you go. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Why are you introducing the show? Yeah, it doesn't matter. No one cares He's anyway. fired. No one cares anyway. So, um, lots of great, interesting stories. First off, last week, uh, Nokia had their Nokia World Conference, where they unveiled some really cool Nokia devices, one of them being the, the brand-new uh, Lumina 800, and... Um, this thing looks really, really slick. It's a very thin-looking phone. It's running Windows Phone uh, Mango on there. Looks incredible. Not, we don't know too much more about it. We don't know what kind of camera it has, what kind of great pictures it can take, but it is very sleek in design. It's very, very cool. Not, we don't know yet if it's going to be here in the U.S., though. Uh, at, well, it probably will at some point. Uh, but this is the real first true... Windows Phone 7, 5, Nokia thing ever since they announced their partnership. Apple finds some way to block it. <laughs> you would think, right? Yeah. But it looks great, though. I mean, it's a really nice-looking handset. Now, Joe, I know you've used Windows Phone 7 uh, in the past. Uh, you have your, your, your little Windows Phone 7 device here. When you see, uh, like, Nokia, and we all know Nokia puts out some great hardware, when you see something like this... Uh, does that kind of excite you a little bit about the platform? I, I don't really care. Oh, <laughs> actually, man, I, I really I mean, build you up for that cool, one. But and I, I actually have my LG Windows Phone um, that I did upgrade to seven five to Windows Phone Mag, uh, Mango, right? And um, and and actually, that's something I've been thinking about. Is is as most people know, I'm wherever the heck it is, somewhere around here. Here it is. I'm, I'm currently using a. Uh, I am the guy who cannot settle on a phone. I'm currently using a Palm Pre two. And uh, but I also have this Windows Phone available, and I've been debating going back to the Windows Phone with seven five because there are quite a few improvements. Uh, and and I I was I was actually thinking I should should ask a few people and see what people think if if they think I should go back to try Windows Phone again, and um and deal with some of its issues, some of which have been fixed and some of which are still there, uh, or if I should just stick it out with the Palm, which I've actually been really enjoying using. Now, have you so. updated that phone to the to the new Mango release? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I I said that already. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's running I Mango. I, I updated it. Um, because it's a UK edition phone, it's not a US edition phone. AT and T was never going to release it to me, so I did their little workaround uh, that a bunch of people come up with to upgrade it to seven five. So it is running seven five. The problem, of course, is a lot of the apps that you know for multitasking and stuff, which is one of the big things that seven five introduces. A lot of the apps don't support that yet. Microsoft announced that uh, Windows Phone Mango is now being delivered to 100% of compatible devices. Uh, this included the last phones in Spain and in Dutch Telecom over there in Europe. But hey, that's pretty good. So less than a month after Microsoft announced it that it was available, it's now out on all of them. And that's, that's actually great news. Now, there are no Apple where they have complete control of the update channel. Uh, but hey, Microsoft got it done, and this was a much better rollout of this update than the previous update, which was called Nodo. Notice any performance improvements, Joe? I mean, I, I know you, you're not using it as your everyday phone now, but did you? I, I really haven't used it enough to say if there's been any big performance changes. 
Um, it, I, I saw a few differences as soon as I updated, but not very many. And the biggest thing, like I said, is until the apps are updated to support some of the newer features, it's not going to make a big difference to me. I will say this, this update, um, one of the things Microsoft's done really, really well compared to the Android platform is they were really, really stringent about what hardware platforms the, the phone could run on initially. Right. So as opposed to Android, where Google has basically said, well, you can run, you know, 300 different kinds of hardware. Uh, it just means you won't necessarily be able to support the latest OS. Microsoft was very strict about saying you have to run this processor, you have to run this memory spec, you have to run this sort of thing. And that way they, they would be more future-proofing the devices. So a lot closer to what Apple's done, yeah. except, of course, they had third parties make the phones for them. Um, but, uh, no, I, I think the rollout went reasonably well. Um, it's interesting they, they singled out the LG Optimus 7. The phone that I have is an LG Optimus line. I'm not sure which one. Um, but it is. <laughs> and uh, and so it may be that it's actually uh, allowed to have the update by default now instead of having forced it like I did earlier. So I, I don't know. I, I keep leaning towards trying it again, going back to it for a little while since I'm I'm, I'm not going to be able to get a uh, 4S for quite a while. So. Yeah, that's do you want to do you want to talk about the the mix up with your 4S? I, I, I didn't ask you about it in the pre-show i totally kind of spaced on it but oh yeah well, well yeah we can talk about it briefly i'm i'm an i'm i've been a long time at&t subscriber i got a, a 3g not a 3gs a 3g an iphone 3g on their phone back when they were first announced um actually got it i don't know i don't think i got it at launch day but i got it within a few days of launch and um was have been reasonably happy with at&t i'm grand, of course grandfathered into the old iphone data plan so i have unlimited theor- theoretically unlimited data and um and i've been really liking the fact that that it uses sim cards because i've just been swapping my sim card through like i literally counted the other day i've been through four devices since that 3g uh, <laughs> awesome I, I had uh, uh that android phone that i bitched about to no end this windows phone that i didn't bitch about as much but obviously i didn't stick with for for all that long i mean i've, I've only stuck with the phone for maybe nine months at a time at this point and now i've been through two different palm phones that i've actually both really liked otherwise i wouldn't have bought the second one and um but uh, so I've I've been outside of contract or I thought I've been outside of contract for over a year and a half now. And um, I went into the AT&T store uh, near nearby one and said, hey, I want to I want to order an iPhone 4S. And they said, oh, OK, yeah, no problem. Looked it up, said, well, we can do it for you, but it's going to cost four hundred and fifty dollars plus like 18 bucks. And I said, wait, they're over there for three hundred bucks for a 32 gig one. And they said, yeah, yeah, uh, you're in a contract still, so until December, you, you can't get that price. I said, um, no, I'm not. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, you are. It says here you, were, you joined a contract back in, in July of uh, 2010. Well, what happened is in July of 2010, I pre-ordered a black iPhone 4. Now, I always had wanted the white iPhone 4, and the white iPhone 4 wasn't available for almost a year. So I pre-ordered the black one, went in about three days later and said, nope, screw it. I'll just stick with what I have and, and you know, try a few other phones. And uh, and canceled my pre-order. Well, whatever nincompoop at the AT&T store canceled my pre-order did not cancel the contract renewal. Now, were you at a were you, did you go to a corporate AT&T it's store? It's a corporate AT&T okay. store. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, was not a reseller. It was a one of the true corporate stores. You would think that if you went to a uh, maybe a reseller, that kind of mistake would happen, but not at a corporate store. Yeah, you would hope. You would hope. So yeah. Anyway, so I can't pre-order. Well, I could pre-order, but I'd have to pay four hundred and fifty bucks for the phone, which is only two hundred bucks off re off you know unlocked price. So I would buy an unlocked before I do that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm. What happened is that the guy who was at the store this time actually was reasonably helpful. 
he uh, he submitted a, a a request to whichever team it is at AT and T that deals with this sort of thing, and he said, hopefully, I'll hear back from them in a few days. But uh, yeah, it's like super frustrating because you know obviously i'm not i should not be on a contract i didn't get any new equipment um <laughs> so right now you're under an extended contract <laughs> right right they think that i bought new equipment or they they apparently oh. believe i bought new equipment and it was great because i said okay well what's the you know he said well i have record of the imei which is of course the phone's unique identifier and i said okay well what's that number and uh, and he said oh it's actually the name of the lady who did the pre-order for me <laughs> <laughs> nice and uh so i'm like yeah Pretty sure that's not a phone. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm basically sitting in uh, in cell phone limbo right now, uh, waiting to find out what happens. But uh, well, they'll fix it. They have to fix it. They need to fix it. They they better fix it. Yeah, because if they don't fix it, then this will be the last phone I ever have from AT and T. Because it's not like the iPhone's exclusive to them anymore. No, but the the, the only unfortunate thing is that they're the only platform, or at least AT and T, if you're grandfathered in with unlimited data, that's usable unlimited data to go with. I, I know someone's going to say, well, what about Sprint? Well, right now, their data really is bad. Yeah, Sprint's always had a, sli- a somewhat slower data plan on their 3G than AT&T's. GSM is just a little bit better. The trade-off you get with Sprint, though, with Sprint Verizon, for that matter, is they do se- they do seem to have a slightly larger 3G network than AT&T that's does, true. although that's, that, that difference is diminishing you know, yeah. every, every year or so. John, um, John, have you updated and finally uh, rooted your phone yet? No. Why? Well, no. There's no. There's no other further updates for the phone out at the moment. Yep. Yeah. Even though there are updated versions of Android available, they haven't put them on your phone, have they? No. What if you root your phone? Can you up- update it then? If you could root the phone, you can't. Root, you cannot uh, root the Evo 4G. We we looked this up. We talked about yeah, this. Yeah. It was we? back and we, forth. It was. It was no, something. They're like. It oh, was, you can do it. Well, wait a minute. No, it. you can't. You can do it. It's just you, you have to do it a certain way, and it's only for certain models of phones. And I think I think what happened was I think he has the certain model that you can't root. Something so, like that. Yeah. Because so, it's on Sprint. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. All of the Evos are on Sprint. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, though, let's see. About phone... This is this is my number one complaint about the Android the Android platform the is fracturing. It, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's so it's just fracturing. so disconnected that that there's there's 13 different versions of the OS and of the how many hundred phones out there support Android OS, 99 of them all can't run the same version. Yeah. Well, even what's worse is I mean you're right. In that you know they want to have a, like a unifying platform, but then every single like release on an Andro- on Android with Verizon or Sprint or AT and T have a different user interface overlay on it. Uh, so yeah. There's the Sense UI, uh, there's other types of UI. That's why I do like supporting like the the Nexus S, for example. That's a purely, it's just a pure Android experience. That is the software is Google. You know they they handle the software on it. There's no uh, network interaction, and that's why probably you don't see those phones push too much in those stores because you know there's no ads, there's no AT&T navigation or Sprint football or whatever you would find on those phones. What, Joe? What are you looking coming from Mango and, and your Windows phone? What are mm-hmm. you looking forward to most on the iPhone 4s? Um, you know that's really hard. Uh, actually, I would I would have to say. 
and I can't really compare it directly to Mango or to, to Windows Phone 7 because there were a lot of issues with Windows Phone 7. Um, I didn't have a really good navigation app on the Windows Phone 7, uh, and that may change to 7.5. Maybe there's a – yeah, there was a commercial one that I bought, but it wasn't, it wasn't very good. Hmm. Um, on the iPhone, I have uh, a GPS dri- or X-Drive GPS uh, or X-GPS Drive. I don't remember, which I actually really, really like. I, I was really satisfied with it when I used it on my 3G. Um, there's so much more app selection, and the apps that are out there are tend to be much, much more polished than on any of the other platforms I've used. Uh, you know, there's a lot of apps on the Android on the Android devices. There's a lot of apps on, on Windows Phone now, and there's a, a few apps on the Palm. But they just don't seem to have the same level of quality that they do on the iPhone. Yeah, which probably- um, even the same app. Like I was using the Glimpse app on my on my iTouch, um, which is you know obviously an iPhone without a phone. And um, uh, er, uh, was it yesterday? I think watching Chase drive somewhere, and uh, and I was like, holy crap! All these cool interface things are on here, but they're not on any of the other platforms. Um, you know, it's that sort of thing. That's what I'm really looking forward to. And and it just seems like the the experiences. The experience of using the phone is a, a much better experience. It just seems more comfortable, more more natural. I, I, I'm not sure how else to really describe it. You'd have to use it to really get an idea. But um, it's like comparing Windows and Mac OS. The the Mac OS experience just seems, um, I don't know, easier, yeah. uh, it, more straightforward. I guess I'm I'm not really sure how to describe it. I, I'd say that's a perfect parallel about how how to describe it because you know even though. When you know Microsoft is in the phone department, they're they're really kind of restricting it to how they have the Xbox, and it's kind of the same structure that uh, Apple uses. Whereas Google is like, hey, we've got this, and you can customize it however the hell you want, and we don't really have stringent uh, regulation for putting things on market. Whereas Apple, you know, you you su- submit something to the App Store, and it gets rigorous testing. You know, it says this is a good quality product, and it's been approved by Apple. And here it is on the store. So, yeah, and in order to be approved, it has to follow certain interface guidelines, yeah. and the the tools to actually build the apps even have these restrictive interface guidelines that they don't allow you to do anything you want, um, just because of the the nature and and the way they want to keep the the user interface consistent. Yeah, which I think is a is a good approach. I know there are a lot of people out there who would say that's terrible, and you should let the users decide what they want, but. And I can see that point of view, and I can agree with that point of view to a certain degree. But when it comes to the user's experience, you you want to deliver the best for them. You want and sometimes to an individual developer's preferences should be secondary to what the users are going to expect. Yeah. Speaking of Apple and uh, you know features and iOS five, obviously one of the big things of the 4S was Siri, and Siri is the personal assistant that basically you're able to talk to, and you can do. You know, basically, whatever you, you can ask it, whatever you want. So, you know, here I'll uh, I'll do a a live uh, demonstration here. So, you know, you ha- I have a 4S here. So, you you hold it up. What's the weather like this week? I can't check the weather out to this Sunday. Here's the next five days. Okay, so it can't give me a full forecast, but it gave me a five day forecast, and it shows it right up here on the screen. It's really cool. Uh, but obviously, uh, a lot of hackers out there, a lot of developers and software tinkers, think that, hey, you know, if it works on the 4S, why can't it work? What's up? Oh, I said, uh, ask Siri where Paul is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. Sorry. Uh, no, that's a good one. Um, 
but a lot of people out there are wondering, well, why can't this run on the iPhone 4 or for, you know, iPod Touch or some other, uh, you know, iDevice? Well, guess what? It's been hacked. It's been worked on. And we have a cool little video clip here. It's just about a minute long, um, and, and it will show the, the, the cool release of... So the, the Tell phone me there. a joke. So the one... Two iPhones walk into a bar. I forget the rest. <laughs> Where's the nearest Starbucks? I found a number of places matching Starbucks fairly close to you. So what you're, what you're seeing here is it actually hacked and being How ran on the phone. How many meters in a kilometer? On an iPhone 4, not a 4. That. That's right, on a 4. Yeah. Yeah. I found this for you. I want to know is how they got to it, say, PM on the status bar. Mine doesn't do that. This is a test of <laughs> dictation. At least I don't think it does. Oh, yeah, it does, but theirs is like p.period.m, which is different. Mm. But any, know, mine doesn't because I only set for 24-hour time. But <laughs> yeah, maybe they get it on a jailbroken. The one on the right's Find running the on T- Starbucks. The one on the right is running on T-Mobile. Wi-Fi. So there you go. It's actually running and, and working correctly, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, but but makes me wonder. Okay, when is Apple going to put the hammer down on something like this? Because obviously they're they're touting Siri as a huge feature for the 4S. And if it's shown that it can be run on these other platforms, wouldn't that piss off their user base a little bit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I mean... It doesn't really yeah, piss me off, but... I, I, I thought... See, when, when I first heard about Siri, I thought it was it was a, uh, an app that was coming to market for the iPhone 4 or, or 3GS. Right. And then, you know, I think Apple bought the company... And they decided to integrate it as as a main feature or something like that. Wasn't wasn't that right? I, I remember we were talking about this. Yeah. Before. Well, there there was a Siri was which is kind of like a personal assistant type app thing, and yeah, Apple bought the the company, and they decided that they actually pulled that app from the App Store because they incorporated that technology with the 4S. Yeah. Yeah. But what's really preventing another company creating an app that's similar to Siri? I mean, nothing unless yeah. Apple decides not to approve that app in the App Store. Valve should do one. <laughs> well, then the bigger question is, what's keeping uh, a developer from releasing an app similar to Siri for another platform? That's true. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I mean, there's nothing in the technology that's that's patented or, or not portable. It's it's just the delivery mechanism that Apple's done, and the fact that it's so integrated into the US, into the OS, I think, is an important part of how it works. Yeah. Now, take uh, this for what it's worth. I was on the phone with uh, Apple Care Support about a week ago. Uh, I was adding uh, Apple Care Plus to my phone because I wanted the peace of mind protection. I know, blah blah blah. Anyway, I added it to my phone, and could have gone Square Tree. I, I could have did Square Tree, but the one thing that Square Tree doesn't do is I can just wa- walk into an Apple store and they can take care of me right then and there, no problems, no questions. With Square Tree, I have to either send the phone in or send it an invoice to get it reimbursed. I get more instant gratification with. The Apple Care Plus, and it's the same price. But Square Trade does excellent damage if you get the right plan. Well, so does the Apple Care Plus. Does it now? It didn't yeah. used to. The Apple Care Plus was. Inter- I thought it did everything up to water damage. Uh, I believe so, but no, I mean like not water damage. Like uh, every everything except water damage it covered, oh. and that was the difference between Square Trade. Is Square Trade would also do water damage, accidental yeah. water damage. Uh, yeah. 
but I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy with what I have, I guess. Okay. But anyway, when I was on the phone with the agent, uh, he's like, so well, he's taking care of my paperwork. So how do you like the phone? I'm like, I love it. You know, I, I use the voice transcription a lot, especially when I'm driving and I need to text somebody. Uh, it makes it quite easier because, you know, it's illegal to text and drive pretty much everywhere. And, you know, it's not, it's not safe. You don't want to do that. So I, I'm able to talk to the phone and it will transcribe for me. And the agent was like, so how do you like it? And I think, I, I love it. And he goes, wouldn't it be cool to have other voices on there? I'm like, yeah, it'd be great. Did you see the, the video of GLaDOS and, and the, uh, you know, Valve and all that? He goes, yeah. Well, that's something uh, we're kind of working on. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, well, you know, we're, you know, that's something that you know, we hope to bring down the road is you know, voice packs and other types of things. I mean, remember, Siri is in beta. You know, it's not all the way there yet. And obviously, you, know, you can't train it at this point. Uh, hopefully, they'll add more Roll features over. to it. Yeah. Sit up, big. Yeah. Well, you could talk to Siri that way. I don't think she'll mind, or it will mind. Yeah. It doesn't really tell you I if it's male or female. I'm Walter Cronkite, and you are talking to Siri. Hello, I'm Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Where do you want to go today? Get busy living. Oh, get busy living. Um, one of the other things that came out of the Nokia World Conference uh, was a cool little Xbox companion app for Windows Phone 7. Now, this is... I know, Joe, you don't use your 360 much anymore, but what's really cool is you'll be able to basically use this app uh, with Voodoo integration. What's Voodoo? Uh, Voodoo's a video provider service. Uh, you can buy movies as cheap as 99 cents, and you get HD quality. It was one of the, like, the first like online like purchasing you know, for videos. They had a Voodoo box, and Walmart bought the technology, and... Um, but one thing that's really cool about this, you can see, have something on your phone, kind of like AirPlay in a way, and send it to your Xbox. Cool. I, I guess that's kind of the, the closest thing I can kind of uh, equate it to. So it's wireless broadcasting, basically. Well, sort of. I mean, you ever seen AirPlay? No. Okay, I should show it to you. But the cool thing about AirPlay is, let's say I have a YouTube video that's on here. Uh-huh. Okay. I hit a button, and then it will, it will send it to my BoxyBox, because BoxyBox is AirPlay compatible. And it will just show up on the TV screen. Same thing with an Apple TV or whatever. In this scenario, uh, uh, it's the same thing. You could s- say you have a video of X-Men First Class on this on this uh, screenshot here. You can send it to your console. So, uh, is, it, is it like, does it buffer? Does it, is uh, it, does it play pretty well? I mean, Well, with- it's over your Wi-Fi network. Yeah. So the, the thing is, you know, it sends it over to... I think it's sending it from your device to one device to another via Wi-Fi. Okay. I don't really know how the technology works where if it's then taking over at that point, but I think it is beaming it from the device itself because, like, if my iPhone goes to sleep while I'm streaming, then the video stops. Yeah. I was about so, to ask. I was like, that would be kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. But no, it's, it's... I think it also depends on the source. Yeah. If it's video that's on the iCloud service, it will... I think it'll automatically just, just, just start it from the next... Po- from the same spot. Okay. Um, so then it doesn't matter as much. But well, that's pretty neat. So we haven't heard a lot of controversy about this, but speaking of uh, video and uh, you know watching your favorite movies, Redbox announced that starting tomorrow on Halloween, $1 per night DVD rentals are going away. It's going up 20%. Oh, my God, uh, to $1.20 uh, per night. Uh, the uh, Blu-ray and game prices will stay the same. Now, they will have a... Uh, a promotional thing. So for the first month, it will still be $1 for the first night and $1.20 for each additional night. But eventually, the regular pr- price will be $1.20 per night. 
Uh, Redbox is citing uh, increased debit card fees for the reason for raising the price. Yet another thing we can blame on the banks then, huh? Yep. Yep. Well, I don't... Part of me doesn't believe this 100%. Because remember, the government restricted uh, the whole debit card fees. uh, And so that was one of the reasons why the banks were starting to justify charging... Like, for example, Bank of America charging customers five bucks per month to use a debit card. Yeah, but most weren't most of those fee locks on the consumer side, not on the uh, business side? Well, the business, uh, well, the thing is the banks were charging the businesses X amount per transaction. And then the government came in and said, no, you can't charge that high. This is the limit of what you can charge. So what happened was the banks were getting a decreased amount of cash flow from those fees. So to replenish that, they decided to start charging the $5 monthly fee, or at least Bank of America is. Uh, some of the other banks have started to back off, seeing the customer reaction from Bank of America. Uh, so I don't know how much I truly, uh, truly believe this debit card fee yeah, They're just going, Netflix got away with it. We can yeah. do it, too. <laughs> well, they're, they're trying to do it a lot better. They're just trying to say, this is the reason why we're doing it. Blame it on the banks. It's it's twenty cents. I mean, come yeah. on. If if you're if you're renting a game, you know, for a long, long time, you might as well just buy it. Yeah. You know, some bean <laughs> counter said, you know, if we made another extra twenty cents on every DVD we rented, we'd be rich. <laughs> <laughs> we could have that Halloween party. We could have the corporate Redbox. party down in Vegas. <laughs> now, the one thing to note that this is their first increase in over eight years, so they haven't had an increase since uh, they started. Uh, they did tease the, the words that they wanted to get involved with online streaming, but nothing has panned out about that yet? I hope not. Oh, really? I, 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 I hope Redbox stays as Redbox, where it's, you know... That's their thing. I know, I know Joe hates Coinstar, and he's very adamantly opposed to this service, but for me, this works out great, because if I don't have a game, and it comes out on Redbox, I can go get it for... You know, a buck twenty, buck fifty, a buck fifty, buck fifty for games, buck two bucks for games, or two dollars for games, two yes. bucks, buck fifty for, for Blu-ray, buck fifty for Blu-ray, two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars. If I'm, if I, it's better than well, using GameFly. I will say this. I will say this. Remember now. Remember before the whole uh, Netflix uh, Quickster Fubar. <laughs> yeah, they announced that they were going to start offering games through Quickster. Now, obviously, since that that thing isn't going to happen anymore, we're going to see games offered through Netflix. And so once that happens, I will be a very happy guy because that's one thing that games, uh, what was game, what is that? Gamefly can't compete is their distribution centers. Netflix is, they're they're probably keeping the postal service in business, but I mean, (laughs) (laughs) they are the sole backer, (laughs) Uh, but no, I mean, uh, that's one. I mean, granted though, if you're renting one thing a day, every single day, it's more economical for you to go through. Uh, uh, Netflix. However, if you're just doing maybe one rental a week, a week or a wink. I cannot speak today. What's wrong with me? Um, one rental a week, or you know, every couple of weeks or whatever, then obviously Redbox is more economical for you. But if you're re, uh, you know religious movie watcher uh, like uh, Moses or something, then you, you know definitely uh, I would say go Netflix. But have you have you been using Redbox? Are you is, are are you a fan? I, I I have not personally paid for it. My brother my brother Mike. Uh, every time we want to play a game or see some new game that's released, we end up going and, and getting it. Sometimes, uh, like you know, he he really was really interested in Dirt Three, and we said, well, you know, I don't have my GameFly subscription anymore. You know, how how are we going to get this? 
And instead of, you know, saying, oh, well, just download it on the PC or something, we said, well, just go to Redbox. It's over at the QFC. Yeah, it's right down the street. It's right down the street. It's, you know, it's on, it's on your neighborhood corner. It's, it, you know, they're, they're everywhere. And so it was, it was nice that we could just go do that for, you know, $2. Yeah. Two dollars for one day, decide whether or not we like it in four hours, and then we just return it. Yeah. So for in, in that instance, I, I like it because it's a very cheap it's almost like it's almost like paying for a demo when a game doesn't have a demo. If, if that's true. That. That's which true. which I think is, is great. Or or you don't have the ability to download that demo. I mean yeah. some people don't really have a fast high speed internet yeah. connection. Yeah, and areas like fifty six K is still prevalent. Now granted though, it's really tough to get a good taste of a game. By playing it for a few hours, but hey, uh, it's not not too bad. Spend um, another two dollars. I've never used <laughs> I've never used red block uh, red blocks. <laughs> I was going to say that. Might as well just finish it off. Uh, red box, but uh, I, I do have an option. It's right down the street at Seven Eleven, which is great. Red boxy box. You know, uh, red um, boxy box. <laughs> kind of derail us a little bit. Yeah, on, derail on it. The, uh, I don't the care. credit card stuff. You know, on the backing up. Yep. Sorry, I mean I could derail <laughs> it. Back it up. <laughs> You know, when they're doing under credit, they actually do a um, – the business gets charged a fee and a percentage. Not that a percentage on a, a dollar is not that much. Right, but they get charged. Yes. Yeah, they get charged. Um, at the same time, um, where if someone pays with a debit card, there's just a straight fee. Right. Um, and I guess the worst person uh, – for a business side, the worst one is – Credit. American Express. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is. All I know is that it's so bad that we don't even accept American Express at work. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I that's only. Actually, yeah. That's why I accept cash. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, we prefer cash. That's right. Uh, uh, you guys don't accept Bitcoin. Oh, Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, please. What? So uh, this device is another cool little item that you can watch movies and video. Uh, is the Google TV and Google finally announced. That next week, next Friday, Google TV will have Honeycomb. Yay. What the hell was that? Uh, but anyway, uh, it's been a long year, so it's been out since October 2010. But finally, we're going to see uh, Honeycomb. And the, the cool thing about it is it looks really good. Uh, the interface is uh, coming along nicely, and it will have the ability to download stuff from the Android market. Stuff? Yeah. Nice. Uh, but yeah, no, it's you know it's not so bad looking. I mean, here is a, you know a, a video preview. I'm gonna turn on the the audio on this because it really doesn't matter uh, the music. Uh, but the interface looks much cleaner uh, than version one. And obviously, John and I we've been using the uh, the beta version of this. But this this stuff that we're seeing here. We're not seeing so it's it's actually moving into kind of a boxy box territory with the uh, the movie art. Uh, the apps. Now they have a huge marketplace. Uh, it looks incredible. It looks really good. Um, any Hopefully, comments? Um, well, we'll, see, we'll I have to, I haven't seen the video yet. Um, That's all right. <laughs> now, because you were using the leaked or the kind of the well, it's not leaked. It's it's a it's a developer preview. Yeah, on yours. Yeah. I'm still using the box. Out of oh, the, box. the stock version. So the stock version of mine. Okay. Um, on Ken's that I did, where we did the. Did that release? Uh, we d- now, did you ever do release two or one? Uh, no, I didn't move to release two. Okay, neither did that. The one thing that I we I, did, well, I think f- I did. I don't remember. Yeah, the one thing we did found find was the um, for the on the media player part for listening to music that is massively broken. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious to see if they 
fix the bugs in that. Well, it de- it definitely has the ability to do uh, you know high def content. Mm-hmm. It'll be nice if they uh, make it support more file formats. Uh, yeah, I'm excited w- about that. Well, you know, so we kind of found that compared to the box OS or out of you know release OS, some stuff worked on my system and didn't. Some didn't work, and then we updated it to the that dev release, and it was kind of flip flopped. Some of the stuff that worked before didn't work, and there's you know it's kind of like back and forth. It was, so hopefully they fix that. Joe, have you been using um, uh, your Google TV more regularly? Uh, uh, I also know that you're trying to use the uh, Google TV keyboard on your home theater PC. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think I remember uh, following up with you on it. Were you able to get that to work just fine? Oh yeah, yeah, worked no problem. Um, actually worked really really well. Uh, I, I haven't used my Google TV all that much recently. I don't actually have it hooked up right now since I got moved into the new cabinet. But uh, it is on my list of things to get connected. Um, and uh, no, this update looks really, really cool. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's supposed to launch next week, you said, or in next two weeks? Next Friday. Or next this coming Friday. Friday. Which would be, what, the 5th, 6th, whatever that is? Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be oh, the 4th. The 4th. The 4th, yeah. which we're going to so. be... Driving, but no, driving. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Maybe. It looks like it's going to be a good know. update. A uh, big big improvement on the UI, which has been a problem with it. Yeah, it'll, it'll be more streamlined. You'll have the marketplace. It, it'll be very very cool. Uh, it'd be so, cool if it's uh, able to actually compete with and and to some degree replace the the boxy box. Uh, I think, um, especially if it's a faster and more stable device, my boxy box tends to have problems when there's a lot of video that it has to categorize. Well, one mm-hmm. thing that is interesting is I know that, you know, I haven't done a specs comparison, but I know the BoxyBox is an Intel Atom processor. The BoxyBox, uh, the core, uh, the, the Google one is also a uh, Intel Atom processor. So it'll be interesting to see which one handles stuff. I know by, by leaps and bounds, BoxyBox handles local media like it, it was meant for it, obviously. Uh, so, mm-hmm. And it handles it great. The right now Google doesn't uh, not so well, um, but I like to see if it does uh, with this new update. Uh, a couple of final stories here on the geek side, uh, and they're HP, both related. First off, we reported here on the show uh, that HP was killing its PC division; it was going away. They said, "You know what? We're we're getting out of it." Not so fast. Guess what? Uh, they're saying now that uh, the division is staying home where it belongs, according to Meg Whitman. The CEO and the personal systems group, it's not going anywhere. PSG is staying right there. And if you guys don't know... Uh, I don't know. It, I don't. <laughs> don't know. Uh, Meg Whitman replaced yes. the previous CEO recently, very, very recently. He was ousted by the board. Uh, I forget his name. Joe, uh, Joe Blow. Joe Blow. Yeah. Uh, Joe Blow of HP. Uh, <laughs> and so this is. The, I think this is a big turnaround because I, I, I really think that the board didn't want any of this to happen they didn't want to they didn't want to kill the they PC didn't want to division. kill anything they didn't want to change web os and i mean know. how can you really you're one of the biggest manufacturers of pcs in the world period yeah i mean you go you go to costco you go to best buy you go to all these main electronic places you're going to see an hp computer device there i guarantee it that's like bosch saying we're not gonna make car parts anymore <laughs> we're just gonna make coffee pots <laughs> and dishwashers and dishwashers that's it that's it no car no no car parts yeah no we're done no thank god no i mean it's good to see hp still kicking it i mean gosh i remember working on hp computers going through uh school so it's good to see that they're not getting out of that however one thing that they are getting officially out of is the touchpad business uh they recently announced that they are 
officially out of touch pads. They do not have any more in the supply chain. Not even in the back storage room? No. However, <laughs> this, this seems a little shady. Best Buy says, hey, hey, you still want a touchpad? If you buy an HP computer, we'll give you a touchpad for free. <laughs> so obviously, Best Buy... Uh, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Uh, You're out of here. Uh, bitch Buy. Hit the shower. Bitch Buy. Bitch Buy. There goes our sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, come on. Rocky this guy, this seems Carl's a little shady guy. to me. I mean, obviously... Joe, <laughs> mute that. Um, Holy crap! <laughs> I mean, if, uh, no why? Why don't HP just? I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's just, hilarious. Why doesn't Best Buy just go ahead and sell these? I, I don't understand that. I just come on. What's hilarious, Joe? Spill it. What, what's what's well, up, Joe? Um, so my phone. You know, I have a I have my touchpad right here next to me, and I have my my Palm Pre phone, and my Palm Pre phone rang, and my touch and I ignored it on the Palm Pre, and then my touchpad started ringing. You know, because it felt like it wanted to. <laughs> because they're sunk over Bluetooth, so it's just kind of funny. Sunk. I'd sunk. have that happen over. Sunk. You sunk them. You synced. Sunk. The, well, if sank. you if you have a, a, a HP or a, a Palm device, you know WebOS uh, handset and a WebOS tablet, you can link the two together over Bluetooth, and then you can use. I can send M- SMS messages from my touchpad through my phone, and receive calls. Like if I had a Bluetooth headset with my t- my touchpad, I could receive calls on it. That sort of thing. So it's we, one of those cool features that. <laughs> all right set everything to mute now i think okay. <laughs> speaking uh so that's it for the geek uh, categories if uh, there's anything you guys want us to talk about for a future show send us uh, a line go over to our website at geekgamer.tv click on the little envelope there on the bottom right hand side of the page and uh, send us your thoughts and questions now on to the gaming news and really, there's only two major stories to talk about this week in the world of gaming. Eve and Eve. Eve Online. <laughs> Sorry. And World of Warcraft. Yes. That's it. Those are the only ones that matter. The only ones that matter to us. No, no. I'm, I'm going to talk about <laughs> Battlefield 3 and, and Modern Minecraft. Warfare 3. Eh, Minecraft is still going to be there. So let's st- uh, start first about Battlefield 3. So last Tuesday, under great fanfare... And huge applause. Battlefield 3 was released to the masses uh, worldwide on all the major consoles and also on the PC. Now, I can only talk about the PC side of things. Joe can only talk about the PC side of things. We're hoping to have Paul on to talk about the 360 side of things. But he's probably playing right now, and that's why he's not here. Or snowed on. Or, or his power's out. Or his power's <laughs> out. Uh, but seriously, though, Battlefield 3 is one of those games that is phenomenal to look at. I mean, if you're just sitting back and you're watching the game, you really have to admire the Frostbite engine. You have to admire the gameplay. You have to admire just how everything looks and how it glistens. And just, it is phenomenal. It's it's one of the best-looking games I've ever played, hands down. It's right up there. With when I first saw Far Cry in the water and what about Crisis and Crisis? I mean, it's yeah. it's it's right up there with that. I mean, it's lies. really no, it's not lies. I'm lies. not lying. What? So what I've heard, I'm not what, lying. What I've been uh, hearing it's from real. people is is it looks absolutely awesome. And, yeah, it's incredible. But, but but it's only just starting to rival Crisis, Crisis One's graphics. Not even Crisis Two. Crisis Two, it's probably already surpassed. Sur- bleh, surpassed, but. Has it well, really Crisis taken Two them? looked worse than Crisis One, though. Yeah, 
And and because so it was a console port. Yeah. So my my question is, you know, but but I mean, by that argument, GTA Four with the right mods looks better than any <laughs> other game out no, there. That's true. And, and you know, there is this mod out there. I wish uh, maybe we should put it on pick of the week for next week. But it, it looks absolutely phenomenal if you if you get that mod for GTA Four. But my my question is, are we going to be hitting some sort of uh, you know uh, impasse? For graphics, are we gonna? Are we just gonna? I, you know, we've talked about this for ten years, you know, in, in the gaming community or PC communities. Like, no, how, we won't see an impasse. How because... realistic are we gonna be? And then we stop focusing on graphics. Well, I mean, it, it's you know, you've had games that look incredible and then play like crap. So I, it's you know, the gameplay has to keep up with the graphics. If it doesn't, then the game will not sell, and, and the and the gaming community will hammer down on that developer. If it sucks, yeah. um, I, I think we're already starting to see that sort, a sort of divide too from the developers as far as like graphics quality from games. You, you know, you get these AAA games that look amazing: Batman, Arkham Asylum, or Arkham City, and yeah. and you know, Battlefield Three, and you got Modern Warfare Three, which is looking not quite as good as Battlefield, but still really good. Right, and you know, and then we're we're seeing you know some of the. Some of these lesser games like Payday the Heist, which you know might be a little bit more of a budget title, but you can set you can see that it's generations apart. You know, it's a recent title, but it's generations apart. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you know, it makes me wonder: Are AAA studios the only ones that are going to be providing those kinds of graphics these days? Well, for the future, it's hard to tell because there's a lot of developers out there. I mean, there there are a lot and. You know, really where the talent comes into play is, when, like I said before, when you can marry the gameplay and the graphics for a positive, awesome experience. I mean, granted, though, I've played some great games that don't have good graphics, but the gameplay was phenomenal. And one of the games that come to my mind, and people are going to laugh at me on this one, is World Series Baseball 1998 for the Sega Saturn. That game didn't look very good. It was crap, okay? It, it just was crap looking. But the gameplay was like a 15 out of 10. I mean, it just played so tight and so fluid and so solid. I could play that game for hours, and I did. Uh, I did. Uh, but it was a lot of fun, and, you know, gameplay goes a long way. Now, that being said, getting back to Battlefield 3, uh, it's been having some issues. I mean, I don't remember when Battlefield 2 came out that they had to bring down their master servers for for many for a few hours like what feels like every single day Joe I mean we've we've played now quite a few times and I think at least twice I, that I can remember you know we we haven't been able to play online because they've been doing some sort of server maintenance or a master server maintenance or whatever um but I like to have you maybe talk about the whole origin experience and the whole battle log experience on the website and how you feel about that being on the PC perspective? Oh, I don't know. Um, you know, it, it's it's the sort of thing that I really was not looking forward to, Battlelog especially, because uh, it's just so different. But um, in the end, I guess it's not that bad. Uh, the, the only real issue I can see with it is it seems like whenever you exit from a server and you go back to the Battlelog, BF3 is not running in the background anymore. I can't find any evidence of it running in the background anyway. Um which means that it has to reload from the, from start, which, you know, if you have an SSD or something like that, it's not that big a deal. But it still seems like that takes longer than it would to just switch switch servers. Uh, Origin, on the other hand, hasn't been that bad. Um, 
it's not terribly unobtrusive. Uh, I did have all the in-game chat stuff turned off because it was, you know, stupid. Um, but I, I had it, everything turned off, but I just turned back on notify when someone texts to me instead of notify when someone joins or when one of my friends joins or notify when I get a friend request or notify when, when this happens and notify when this guy joins a server and, you know, you end up with so many pop-ups on the bottom. It's just stupid. But, um, overall I'd say the interface isn't that bad. It's, uh, it's a little confusing. It's a little bit weird for, for coming from a, a in-game server browser, but I understand why they did it. It's probably faster in terms of a server browser and, and doing and doing uh, searches for servers than an in-game browser would be. But um, it feels, especially, it feels, especially with their track record for in-game, browsers. yeah, yeah, I, I guess that's that's definitely true. It feels like it, a shortcut to me, though, Joe. It feels like they could have done an in-game br- browser like all the other games before, but now they're starting to force people to the web to join up their games so they can see their ads, they can see upcoming things, they can control the experience a lot more. Uh, I don't know. It feels like a shortcut. It feels like they they could have put an in-game browser very easily, and they decided not to. No, you know, you kind of, when you said, you know, you can see their ads, I kind of made a, a thing tick off in my head. It's like, well, it, it would be easier to, to you know, stream the ads to a web page than exactly. going, going through the fight and, and the uproar of having the, you know, in-game, in you know, in the browser within the game having ads in it. Because right. that would really, you know, everybody just get pissed off and go, well, you guys are streaming and, and, you know, tracking our stuff right off our, you know, the game versus just going to the website. Yeah, but there have been in-game ads for quite a while now. Oh, look at Battlefield platforms. 2142. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, how well was that received? Not very. Most people, I think, I think the majority of gamers never noticed them. Yeah. Because yeah, they I, were they were uh, literally a picture on the wall, you know. Was, you're playing through, and, and it's just you know, a little billboards you don't see right, right across here and there, and it's it, you don't really see it at all, and, and you know you're focusing on the action. And right, it's, it's kind of like product placement in a film or, or in a TV show. You know, it's it's reached the point where we don't even notice it anymore. That you know, the guy on the couch happens to be drinking a can of Sprite. Well, you know, you don't notice it subconsciously you might but you don't notice it consciously anymore you, you know for mm-hmm. games like this if they want to do any ads like that it would be for like unlocks of guns and stuff you have this little ad placement be like you got the m16 a3 this is a mainstay of the u.s army and you know stuff like that maybe yeah, that would you be you can't buy an m16 a3 well no you can't well you <laughs> i mean but it's I, an I unlock guess... but i'm saying you know if, if they want to do like sponsors it's got to be context sensitive it's got it's got to be things that you know that might be even be aimed at at the people that are playing, you know, yeah. the, the game. Well, you know, it'll be interesting to see when the next big um, DLC comes out because they'll probably advertise that on the the battle log system. Yeah, and um, and then we'll get an idea of how they actually in, intend to use it as an advertisement medium, if they if they use it as that at all. So th- this makes me think, because you have to log into a website in order to get to a server, is this the reason why? It won't ever be on Steam. That's a great question. Well, no, I mean, I don't. Hmm. No, no, I don't, no, I don't think that's why it won't ever be on Steam. I think no. the reason it won't ever be on Steam is 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 for things we've already seen. I, I've already seen reports people people have seen um, emails coming from EA from Origin that don't adhere to the, the, what is it, the Can Spam Act that passed a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, where uh, uh, it, it basically says, uh, this is coming to you because you're a subscriber on EA or on Origin, and, uh, you know, 
we uh, and there's no information about unsubscribing from it, and it's it says it's a one-time message, but people are getting two or three of them sometimes. That's right, and uh, and that's why, you know, that exactly is why EA wanted to come up with their own system because Valve wasn't letting them do that. Valve isn't let. I mean, if you notice that there are no publishers that email you through through Valve through Steam saying you should buy this new game that we're releasing. The only thing you get on occasion, at least I get from Steam, is uh, an email saying thanks for buying that game. You know, I, I don't think I've ever seen an advertisement coming from Steam in my email. And I think that's one of the big reasons that, that EA wanted to push your own platform. The other one, too, is, um, and this is no secret, uh, they are using Origin to collect information about all of our computers and everything we have on them. Uh, it's been really, really clear. In fact, that's been a big issue in Germany recently. Uh, they've been talking about banning Origin on a governmental level because of, its, uh, because of privacy concerns. Would you, oh, consider, would you consider the launch of Battlefield 3 a success or a failure or just meh? It, it's a success. Yeah. You have to. I mean, to. It, there's, there's no question. Um, yeah. it, and there was no question that it was going to be anything other than a success. It's just too big of a game, too big of a, a title series. It's so big uh, it can't fail. <laughs> now, here's, here's, what I, here's what I want to do. I want to throw out some predictions of when the first patch is going to be. Now, I haven't really seen any official news stories about a patch yet, but knowing it's EA, we're going to see a patch soon. That's just my guess. Uh, So uh, it is October 31st, so I put a patch coming out. Now, this is just PC side, folks. I'm only going to put the guess on PC, but I say we're going to see a patch by November 22nd. November 22nd will be my day that we will see a patch. Are you saying... Besides the day one patch that already came out, besides that one, yes, correct. Because that okay. was a launch patch. That was a launch patch uh, that that's been happening. That way, that's been happening with new titles a lot lately. But when, it shouldn't. I know. But <laughs> when, when does when does Call of Duty launch? Uh, Tuesday, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But Tuesday, that's, that's when the next patch will be. It'll be on Tuesday. It'll be on Tuesday. Yeah. Wow, now, that's to be fair. That's quick. I I, I guess as soon as you do a. Uh, you know, even on launch for Windows Seven, you know, you got to go in and update it and stuff. Now, with the the Apple OSs, you know, I've I've never dealt with it. Do they need to be updated? You know, once you get your install done. On what? What do you mean? I I oh, OS ten like, like software like system updates. Yeah. Uh yeah, there's always a few. Yeah. Okay. So because I was going, you know, as like I said, I, I guess it'd be fair to look at you know other software. I guess generally. Everything needs to be pat or updated at some, you know, to some degree on a fresh Obviously, install. Obviously, and and actually, I'm I'm looking real quick online. It looks like there was a uh, a Battlefield Three server side patch that came out on the 27th, hmm. um, three days ago. Three days ago. I'm talking consumer side. Uh, well, I, that's hard because we may not see it, depending on how how obscurely they make it happen. Um. What what Back-end what update. issues are you guys running into that you think really needs to be patched though? I mean, it, from, from what I'm hearing, there's not a whole lot of, of things other than maybe server browser crashing. Well, they, they've sp- uh, or server map changes. There's, there's been some issues where you know you join in together as a squad and then you're separated out. Uh, I think that's server balancing though. I don't think that's a, that's a, a a bug on the servers or on the clients. Okay, you know uh, I think that's a server trying to keep the teams even. And you come in as a pair, come in as four people. Well, there's not going to be four spaces available on one team or the other. It has to split you up somehow. But when the map changes and it rearranges everything, usually you end up going together on the next map change. Right. Well, I'll so, say- I, but I mean, that's been there for a long time. That's happened in other games. 
Yeah, no, uh, I mean, you know, I've had issues where, Joe, you know, you've uh, you heard me where, you know, I'm joining a game and all of a sudden uh, my BF3 crashed. And it's crashed twice on me already, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in trying to join a game. And the whole, you're starting it in the browser and then it loads it in the background and then all of a sudden it pops it up when it's ready to go. It's very unusual. It's very weird. I will say, though, that I do like the fact on how you're able to bring your friends in. Uh, you can just drag and drop them in and invite them into games and stuff. I do like that concept and interface. It's really nice. Uh, I really don't know about the console experiences. I, I spoke with uh, Jason Harper, one of my good friends, uh, and he, uh, he's he got the game for the Xbox 360, and he's enjoyed playing it. I haven't asked him about any problems so far. However, the one thing about the 360 version, and I, I will be uh, queuing up a video here in a minute, uh, but... The the Xbox 360 came with a what is called an HD pack. Now, John Carlo, you talked about this before. Yep. And I'm going to mute this uh, here. I'm not going to go to the video quite yet. It's throwing up an advertisement, uh, a 30 second advertisement. But uh, basically, you install this HD pack, and it gives you extra textures and that sort of thing. So yeah, uh, higher, higher fidelity models, uh, higher texture, higher res textures. Let's go find this patrol. So. Uh, you're watching a video clip here. So the bottom or bottom right is with HD texture pack installed. Top left is without the HD texture pack installed. Now, the question that I have for anybody here watching this video is what if you don't have a hard drive, okay? And you're 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 playing this game. Why does the Xbox 360 version have to look so bad? Uh, looking at a split screen now, the the one on the left side is without the, uh, and the one on the right is with. I mean, why does it? Why why like the when you first get the game and and you run it and it looks like that? Well, why does the default have to look so terrible? Why could fit on the disc? Yeah, it, it's it's all space requirement. Wow. To fit on the disc and then also. Uh, um, Concerns about load times, I imagine. Right. Uh, you know, trying to load those graphics off of a disc into memory would take forever. Uh, that sort of thing. I mean, yeah. Even even with the base model Xbox, you would need some sort of uh, you know uh, thumb drive or additional hard drive space just to you know load that stuff on. It's seven gigabytes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Is right. Is remember that the uh, the Xbox is limited to a four and a half gig disc. Yeah. You know, they don't have Blu-ray like the PS3 does, and HD DVD, as everybody knows, is completely dead. Um, so they don't have an alternative to to having multiple discs, multiple DVDs. That's probably their biggest downfall. Yeah, no, it's it's a shame, really. Though, I mean, it's it's a shame that I don't know. The, it doesn't the, bother me. No, no, I'm I'm just saying it's a shame <laughs> that the base level has to be so terrible. I mean, there are people out there that don't have hard drives. Here's the question, though: as a player, does it? Do you only get to play with other people with only the base pack package? Uh, or I don't think that matters. I think it's just all local. Well, then here's my other question. If you have just the base package and not the HD added on, do you have an advantage as far as looks, as far uh, as like I don't know. pointing people out? I, I, wish, I wish Paul was here so we could ask him. Yeah. I'm still waiting for it to even come up on the video. Yeah. <laughs> it's just now starting. Oh, yeah. We're on a language delay. Yeah. So, talking about Battlefield, uh, I'm sorry, Battlefield 3 versus Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Now, a Morgan Securities analyst has saying 
that Modern Warfare 3 will outsell Battlefield 3 by a margin of 2 to 1. <laughs> no. So according, wow. according to the stats, Battlefield 3 will sell 8 million copies. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 will sell 16 million. Now, if this stat proves to be true, Modern Warfare 3 will become the best-selling game in U.S. history. Ever. Uh, now, granted, though, a lot of gamers will go ahead and buy both. both. But what do you guys think? Uh, I'm not inclined to buy Modern Warfare 3. I have no inkling to buy Modern Warfare 3. I don't know why. It's it's more of the same. It, there's nothing new, innovative. It's just pushing more of the story. Is there uh, vehicles in Modern Warfare 3? I, I no. think I think All right, then I'm not buying I don't think it. so. I mean, maybe no, in the they, single they player, have, but you know, they have there those, shouldn't be in the, in the multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, they just have... It's a pure infantry combat game, and it's you know more like uh, uh, it's becoming the modern day Counter Strike, right? You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, driving tanks and jeeps and until, flying airplanes until Counter Strike Go comes out. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which actually, the beta should be starting today or tomorrow. <laughs> Ooh, because they said they said October, but it's Valve. So, so Joe, are you going to buy Modern Warfare Three? Uh, I will not be pre-ordering it. Uh, I haven't, obviously. Um, if it has uh, end-user dedicated servers, if we can play it on the LAN. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, oh, I'm wait. serious. If it has end-user dedicated servers and we can play it on the LAN at PDX LAN this coming weekend, I will buy it. Okay, but if it doesn't? If it doesn't, no, fuck it. I don't care. I'll pirate it and play the single player so I finish the story. That's it. Oh, don't say that. Please don't say that. Don't say that. Come on. Uh, you'll, you'll I'll borrow beep. it. I'll borrow it from one of my consoles that Hold I ever play and play the single player so I can get the storyline. <laughs> All right. All I'm right. sorry. Joe said something that was inappropriate and Joe's not views with the do not re- of our show. Joe's uh, views do not reflect those of Kikino hey. Weekly. <laughs> Wait, I mean, he's a host, but he he doesn't reflect view- I mean, never mind. The uh, only thing is reflective is his top of his head. Oh. <laughs> wow. John, you're so, one to talk. You're John one to wearing talk. a hat this time. Is that why uh... What? Uh, uh, all right. Well, yeah, they, we're, we're all, I probably I that's probably okay. We're all part it. of the receding hairline club, so yeah, that's right. <laughs> Except for me, and I'm wearing a hat. Yeah. Uh, now, folks, it is now time for our picks of the week. It's time for the coolest, needy, uh, neediest, neatest, geekiest item that we can think of and talk about uh, that we uh, picked for the past week. So I'm going to start off with Mr. John Kessler here. And John, uh, what is your pick of the week? 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 week, week, week. Uh, let me click on it. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I'm never ready. You never are. No, there it is somewhere in here. So I was cruising through uh, my normal uh, your normal thing, lists of yeah, sites that you go to during yes. lunch, yes. and uh, a certain news site had a, you know, a little article uh-huh. um, with the link to uh, explorer.org, and they were talking about uh, being able to watch the polar bears. Um, I just thought that was kind of cool. I mean, I I know that. Uh, Live streaming stuff for nature has been out there for a while, but they've got uh, quite a bit of stuff on the site. And I just took picked the explorer.org as my pick of the week. Very cool. So let me, like. let's take a look at it here on the screen here. So wh- what's it really all about? Like, what's the purpose of explorer.org? Just getting, you know, their their deal was like, you know, they could bring, you know, nature, you know, like not everybody can go up to Canada or where you know up to where this was. Yeah, anywhere. Yeah, I like, I like how you was. picked Canada. Yeah. No, no actually, no. no that's where it was. It oh, is. Okay. You know, it was Canada. Oh, okay. Uh, is where this was at. Um, one of the things they were trying to bring to light was the fact that the it's getting later, later in the year that the the bay freezes over to where the polar bears have got a shorter hunting season. 
um, versus just standing on the shore looking at the water going, where's all the seals? Uh, I see. Um, but the explore.org was trying to bring, you know, bring this to everybody. You know, not, you know, if you, anybody with a you know, computer and an internet access can see this stuff. Oh, very cool. And just trying to bring, you know, bring nature or, you know, just sites from around the world to everybody. And you got some video uh, here showing, you know, it's pretty nice streaming video of, uh, of these different parts of the world. That's so. cool. So it's, it's basically like a Vimeo for, for nature. Yeah. Very neat. But there, you know, it looks like there's a bunch of cult, you know, some other cults? cultural yeah, lots stuff. Of cults. <laughs> cult, yeah, some, some cults and uh, and and stuff. Uh, you will not be watching Whale Wars on this, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well very cool. Yeah. So, if you if you guys want more information and check it out, uh, explore.org. and we'll have a link in our show notes at geekgamer.tv. Very cool. And you won't be watching uh, Bear drink his <laughs> drink my own pay. All yes. right. Joe Falby, Mr. Joe, what is your pick of the week? Uh, well, I'm going to pick a game this time. Oh, wow. Ooh. Very cool. Yeah, I know. Nice. Amazing. Really? Special. Game it's, it's, I your pick of the week? it's a video um. game. <laughs> <laughs> what, what you... uh, anyway, uh, this game is called Payday the Heist. Uh, it's a game that I remember hearing about over the summer, and um, I remember thinking it sounded really, really cool. Basically, you play one of – it's a co-op, primarily a co-op game. You play one of four guys who are – pulling off different heists and uh right now there are i think six uh built into the game i don't know if they will be adding more to it or not but uh the first one is um a bank heist so four of you walk into a bank you uh start the heist and uh you basically have to take the the key card from the bank manager and unlock a a back room that has a torch or a, a a drill and break into the vault and and steal all the money out of the vault, and then you got to escape the cops. And and anyway, it's it's actually a lot of fun. Um, Chase, you and I, and uh, and our friend Carrie have played it um, a little bit, and uh, I think we had a pretty good time with it. But um, it's a game that uh, that I was really looking forward to after I heard about it, and uh, they had a couple of uh, s- slips on their release date, so it didn't get as much press when it finally did come out as it should have. But it's a game that people who heard about it were really anticipating, and uh, it it is. Like I said, tons of fun. Um, it's uh, it's got some really cool uh, some cool ideas for how to how to how the game actually works and and um, how to carry off some of these vaults. And not all of them are or these heists, and not all of them are against a bank. Um, one of the ones that we played was a uh, uh, what was it? Oh, a, a drug den type of thing, like a drug building, and they had a big a big uh, strong. That's the pick that that uh, Chase had up a little bit ago on the on the video stream. Um, it. Uh, it has a strong box in the middle of it, and you have to cut the strong box out of the building and then blow holes in the floors and then lift the thing up by a helicopter. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I had a good time with it. Yeah, I, I like Joe said, you know, I've been playing uh, with him, and uh, this game's really cool, even though it, some parts do seem a little unrealistic, uh, but hey, it's just a video The never-ending stream of cops trying yeah, to shoot you. Yeah, I mean, this city must ha- has, like, thousands of cops. Like, the per yeah. capita is incredible, but... Uh, no, Payday the Heist. You can grab that on Steam. Uh, if you want more information, we'll have a link in our show notes at GateGamer.tv. Thank you, Mr. Joe. Jo- Joe, uh, real quick. Did, yeah. did you ever play Canyon Lynch or Canyon Lynch 2? I did not, no. If, if you want uh, a very kind of heat the movie experience, uh, Canyon Lynch 2. Wasn't that 2, console only? No. It was, well, it, it ported to the PC, but the, port, the PC port wasn't that bad. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> That's always... That's never a good sign. It's not. I mean, it's... When someone says, well, they ported it to the PC port, but yeah. the PC port's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... It's not that good. <laughs> it, 
<laughs> it's not amazing, but the the gameplay, you know, is is still there, and it has a, a very unique and gritty look feel to it. And I, I imagine like Payday or or Kenny Lynch Two would have been would have been in there, and in you know, well, if Payday had... is is not. I mean, it's 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 scenario driven, but it's not story driven. There's no yeah. storyline behind it. Yeah. So it's it's very much these well, the, the multiplayer of of Kenny Lynch too. I thought would have, would have had parallels, but I got a question. Okay, how come when you go to the the payday the heist and it's got the age verification thing and they got the four guys standing in the background? How come it looked like they were inspired by uh, the movie uh, Killer Killer Clowns Killer Clowns from Outer Space? I don't know. I've never seen that movie. Oh. No, what? Maybe they were. I don't know. I don't know. I put a link in IRC to to the uh, IMDb for okay. the killer clowns. It um, just I, right. those. I mean, those are just the masks that the the they wear when they're um, heisting, doing their heists. Yeah, very cool. Cool, John Carlo. What is your pick of the week? Uh, Gemini Rue. Uh, if you guys have a chance, go to indieroyale dot com and support. Uh, this it's kind of like the humble bundle kind of thing going on, and Gemini Rue is in that bundle. Uh, otherwise, if you want to just support the game maker themselves and and uh, uh, pay the full price, it's it's ten dollars or I think it's like nine dollars on uh, Steam right now. This game is a very retro adventure looking game, uh, but with very modern sounds, very modern uh, sound design, music, and and speech, and good voice acting for once um it's very very cool to see something like this this is made by uh, a company called wadget eye games and they make very uh point to point and click uh, adventure games so if you're if you're a big fan of monkey island or uh police quest or you know king's quest uh, from that era or, or even beneath a steel sky you will love this kind of game the, the story is very good you play two characters One's an ex-assassin looking for his brother, and, and the other one is, is this amnesia uh, kind of guy who's uh, got his memory wiped, and he's, he's got to escape from this, uh, from this facility. I, I don't know too much about the story other than uh, what's been broken down in the, uh, in, on their website and on uh, uh, Rock, Paper, Shotgun's uh, review about it. But from what I've played so far, which is a couple of hours, it, it's, it's a very... Very awesome adventure game, and it's 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 something that I you know I love seeing this kind of stuff. I, I love this the retro graphics of it. It runs on an, a newer version of I think what it was like AGS or something like that, uh, which was the adventure game system back in the DOS days, and uh, they, you know they they ported it to uh, to Windows. So it's if if you guys love adventure games, this is one to check out, especially for nine nine or ten dollars. Very cool. And one thing I was, I was looking at is it is available on Steam. Yes, Very yes. It was it was available as of this the middle middle of this week on Steam. How much does it cost on Steam? Ten dollars. Ten bucks. Yeah. But if you go to oh sorry, yeah, if looks you go, right there. Yeah, if you go to the IndieRoyale dot com and you support these other other developers, uh, you can get it for whatever the price is the fluctuating price so there is three ninety six right now. Yeah, and if you pay. More than the price on Indie Royale, that price drops down for people who purchase after that. Hmm. Very it's, cool. It's kind of an interesting concept there. So I, w- I wanted to plug both, but uh, yeah. Well, I just did. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> you pulled it off. Thanks for your pick, John Carl. Yeah. 
Uh, my pick of the week is a geeky item. It's not a video game. Um, well, it's been made into a video game, I guess, sort of. Uh, the very popular car that's been known for time travel in movies of Back to the Future called the DeLorean is making a comeback. Uh, the DeLorean Motor Company is coming out with a new vehicle, an electric version of the DeLorean in 2013 called the DeLorean EV. And or actually the uh, DMC-12, if you want to get real technical. Uh, but yes, they've announced that it's going to be coming back out now. Right now, uh, the claims that it could possibly retail for one hundred thousand oh dollars. Yeah. Uh, but what makes this uh, announcement even cooler was they even have a prototype running as we speak. So I'm, I'm jumping over to our, our video of it right now. Is this live? Uh, this is not, well, live in a way, I guess. Streaming. It's, it's, it's live streaming. Uh, but So we're, we're looking at a video of the car uh, being demoed on um, a uh, track here in Texas. So it's, it's zooming around the track right now. It can get up to about 140 miles per hour, and it's you all know, electric, so you know the torque is really, really, like, just astronomical. But the, you know, Go ahead, John. To finish that off in all-electric, they have to have a Mr. Fusion sticking up Well, that's the, the thing. There, it, <laughs> the Mr. Fusion's optional. Um, it doesn't come with the flux capacitor. Uh, that is also optional. <laughs> For another 100000 and, and, and the flying capability is also optional as well. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Optional as in available? (laughs) (laughs) Available? Are you saying all these things are available? I'm kidding, folks. I'm (laughs) kidding. Because I'll sign up. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Damn it! I I'll want the come Mr. Up with Fusion. Grand for a flying car. Are you kidding me? Well, well, so this is literally just the, the, the same chassis and everything, but electric. It's going to be electric. Okay. Correct. So it got rid of that awful engine that was already in. There. <laughs> that might actually be a plus. <laughs> so well, the engine was good. They just so right at the end of the video, up. you'll get to spy on the the console. It's the same console. They have a Pioneer, and they have this like dial. They, I guess they're turning it off and the speed dial. Speed dial. Crank it up. That's it. So. That's my pick of the week, uh, the uh, the DeLorean. Uh, I can't wait. I'm gonna more. You're gonna buy one? Yeah, I'm gonna buy one. I'm gonna <laughs> buy two, and then I'm gonna go back in time and buy more. No, I'm. I don't know. But very cool, the DeLorean, uh, 2013. So who's who's actually bringing that out though? The DeLorean Motor Company. They yeah. they they have uh, come it, back. It was a it was a DMC. grassroots company, uh, and somebody bought all the rights to the DeLorean, and they they had been doing this for the last 15 years. Uh, uh, restoring DeLoreans with all the extra parts. And oh, they're, they're the, yeah, they're the ones who've been who've been making yeah. making new DeLoreans with the NOS that was available, right? Yes. Okay. So very good. Uh, now it's time for the part of the show where we uh, see what Joe has tweeted over the over the past week. And yes, believe it or not, Joe does have a tweet. And uh, Joe's, he only tweeted it's not one. That it's not that exciting. We actually talked about it earlier. Yeah, we did. Uh, Joe said, uh, 15 months ago, I pre ordered an iPhone 4. Canceled the pre order a few days later, but ATT still reset my contract date. And, and Joe, using the very smart tweeter ish stuff, mm-hmm. put uh, the mentioned uh, for ATT. Did ATT actually get back to you, Joe? On this, no. on this tweet? No, I didn't of course not. No. Are you kidding me? Well, <laughs> anything negative, they're not going to get back to me. Uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I do want to remind everybody, though, uh, that uh, our show and uh, our other great show, which is called Minecraft Me, can be found on our website at geekgamer.tv. 
uh, you'll notice on the right-hand side of the web page is a donate button. And the reason why I bring up this donate button is if you're watching our show live right now, no doubt you've been very happy with the fact that there are no ads. Uh, and that's because of the fact we're using a service, an Amazon streaming service, that allows us just to straight stream video to you through their servers. Now, the one thing about this service is it does cost money. Not a lot of money. It costs about 10 bucks a month uh, on average if I don't forget to turn off the server. Donate 50 cents. So if you like our content and <laughs> you like what we put out and you like watching it live ad-free at great quality, uh, we ask that you please put a buck in the, in the offering plate. Uh, it's uh, through PayPal, so if you have PayPal cash just lay, laying around in your account and you're not doing anything with it, feel free to drop it our way, and we will definitely put it to good use. Um, any extra money will be going towards a fund that will upgrade our equipment so we can get better cameras, better microphones, better everything uh, to bring you better content. Also, uh, as, a, as a kind reminder, you can also check out our other show, which is called Minecraft Me. It's a very popular show that Joe and I do every week. Uh, we just did a, an episode last Thursday called Pitching a Tent. Yes, check that out if you want to know yeah. what that's all about. Uh, but you, yeah, you can watch yeah. Chase drink his own pee. <laughs> and you can watch me <laughs> drink my own pee. <laughs> that's right. And if you do, uh, don't forget, you can find our show on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Store, and also a normal RSS feed. So, And I am also very happy to announce, and I'll keep announcing it, that we have our own BoxyBox app. Uh, so you can go ahead and download geekgamer.tv on your boxy box. Just go to the App Store, look for us, you'll find it, and you can watch our content as soon as it's released. I am looking for somebody, if you know how to develop for Android or develop for the iPhone or any iPlatform, please talk to me. Uh, I would like to come out with a simple app for us for that platform as well. So there we go. I want to say a, a great big thank you to Mr. John Kessler. He's our resident of chat operations. He holds down the fort Oi. at live.geekgamer.tv every Sunday. John, thank you so much, sir. Yep. Also here in the studio, Mr. John Carlo. He's in charge of simulations uh, for the network. Uh, so I, I got a steering wheel down there itching to hook back up, and I think we'll do some host. more racing tonight. Uh, I'm taking it back tonight. No! <laughs> you can't do that. I've gotten used to it. Finally, I got to take it back so that I can get ready for Friday. No, refuse. <laughs> I got cash in my pocket. Says otherwise. <laughs> hey, hey, isn't isn't he on your property? Yeah, he's on my property. That's right. Isn't that? Wouldn't uh, you can just tell him to leave, right? <laughs> Hey, possession is nine tenths. That's right. I can just tell him. The <laughs> he was trying to thieve it. I hit does him over he have the a head. receipt that shows that he purchased that particular one with that serial number on it? Yes, he do. does. Yeah, with the serial number on it. Yes. Yeah, because it could have been another one. No. Yeah, no, no, nope. no. I tried that, Joe. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Joe Falby, you can follow him on Twitter at Falby. He's a a, reg a resident Oregon bureau chief uh, of technology and gaming research and beer development too. Oh, and yeah. Beer. <laughs> beer or beard? Beer. 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 B -E -E -R. The alcohol. Uh, the, you should yeah. also put him in charge of beard development. If you want to check Neck out beard. Joe this weekend, you can. He'll be at PDX <laughs> Land in Oregon, Portland, yep. Oregon. Uh, check him out. Sold out? Uh, Is there another Oregon? I don't know. Uh, probably. Okay. I have no idea. All right. <laughs> Neither do I. Uh, let's see. Uh, 360 seats, 351 paid, so there may be nine at the door, maybe. Maybe. I doubt it. <laughs> Probably not, but no. yeah. So, and, and the cool thing about these events is they're, they're 0.5 variety, which means 
no huge sales presentation. I'm sorry, not sales presentations. That's so wrong of me to say. I mean, no demonstrations. Just gaming. Just we, cool. we still have a, we still have a raffle. We still have some sponsors, stuff like that. But we don't have any um, any uh, yeah big presentations. We don't really have any structured tournaments. The staff. How would you like to learn don't about? Do a whole lot. Do you guys still so. have booths? Not at uh, point five. Right? I think there might be a couple sponsor booths, but I'm really not sure. If you want to hear about a timeshare, um, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> Just a yeah. small you can thir- own a, uh, a GTX 590 for three weeks out of the year. That's right. <laughs> we send it. Hey. We send it to you. You use it. It's fifty dollars. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Three weeks out yeah. of the year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, I think I have a G- uh, 7600 video card right there. You can borrow if you want. You can. You can. Yeah, you can own that for three weeks out of the year if you want. Yeah, that I've, one's only twenty bucks. I've got one of those. I got a 7800 GTX. Yeah. It blows that one out of the water. <laughs> Hey, I, I gotta, I gotta say one good word to my son. Oh, sure, uh, shoot, John Marco. Hey, I'm looking at you, bud. Get to bed. Get to bed. How, Be how nice old, to mom. How old's John Marco? He's two, and All he's right, watching so he's us. He's watching us, and he loves watching me on the computer. Hey, that's dad. He's cussing at me. <laughs> Yay. Yar. Daddy dropped the f bomb. All right. <laughs> Very cool. Go, dad. So, hey. uh... Folks, we will not have a Minecraft Me live this week, but we will have one released on Thursday, as promised, uh, episode number nine. Joe and I are continuing our camping adventure saga. We are away from the homestead, and we are traversing across the great landscape of our world in Minecraft. So check that out, Minecraft Me, on iTunes, uh, and also on our website at GeekGamer.tv. I want to say a big thank you to all the people watching us live right now at live.geekgamer.tv. If you like what we do... Please throw some bucks into the offering plate. That will help us keep things going, keep operations uh, strumming along. For everyone here, I am Chase Nunes. Thanks for watching the show. We'll see you next week for another edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. And until we all talk again, we are all silent. Good night, Gracie. Good night, John John. (laughs) Bob Saget.